I have some explaining to do, I think. <laughs> Clearly, I haven't been focusing on this podcast, and I have had something on my heart for a little while. I think I will address this at the end of the episode because it'll be a nice segue into what is coming next for me and what I hope you'll follow along with and support me. But first, I wanted to have a conversation about this whole notion of pivoting and figuring out how to navigate those feelings of wanting to change something or wanting to pursue something that may be entirely different from what you're doing right now. And I brought on somebody that I have an immense amount of respect and love for. Her name is Jen Casey. She is a brain-based business coach, and she is the host of the CEO Psyche podcast. We have a really great conversation in store for you today. Also, just to mention, I am a new cat mom. So if you hear any sort of noises going on in the background, I apologize. Um, We're still working on our podcast etiquette over here. So (laughs) let's get into the show. Welcome to the Turning Pain into Power podcast. My name is Davina Faust, and my goal for this podcast is to bring you some positivity every single week and to inspire you to recognize that your struggles are just part of your story. I have completely changed my life, and I just want you to know that you can do the same thing. I'll also be bringing on some really incredible people who are just like you, who have learned to turn their own pain into power. Jen, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I am so grateful to not only stay in contact with you because um, you technically were my former employer. I don't know if you remember that, (laughs) (laughs) but also just like to have you on to share your story because I've seen you pivot in so many ways and in such brilliant ways. So I'd love to just give you the opportunity to kind of take us through your story and, and your transition from being an actor to being in the online space to what you're doing now as the CEO psyche. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for having me. I feel like it's so cool that we have stayed connected. We first met when you were in one of my like online programs, and then you came and working with me for a bit. And it's just so cool to see everything that you've been creating and stepping into and how you've been evolving as well. And I just love that we can sit down and have this conversation. So thanks for having me. (laughs) Of course. So go ahead, take it away. Tell your story. Oh man. Okay. Like where to begin. So yeah, pivoting is, is one of those things. I think as an actor, as a business owner, it's just such a evolutionary part of the gig as opposed to, I don't know, maybe like a nine to five where that's not as common. So yeah, I was an actor and a musical theater performer for a really long time. And I felt so certain about that path. That was the thing growing up that I said I was going to do. And there was some, some ego attached to that growing up where you got to be one of the ones that really cared and really went all in and made it. And when I was in acting conservatory school program, whatever in New York city, I remember I decided to start this online business, a network marketing company, because 
I saw so many friends and colleagues who were having wild successes on Broadway, all the things, but I would still see them at auditions. And I realized that there was a lot of inconsistency in that lifestyle. And I knew that I wanted to have some kind of financial revenue stream that would support me that wasn't me working in a restaurant because I was really burnt out and very over that. And I just kind of popped into network marketing just as a way to make some side revenue, not thinking anything would ever come out of it. And it wasn't until about a year, six months in when I realized I was sending tweets about what recipes I was using instead of learning my lines. And I just felt so much more joy and alignment with running an online business, even though I wasn't having too much success with it at that time, I just had an excitement and a passion about it. And I think when we talk about pivoting, there's, there's so many things to look at in terms of like the shift in identity and the shift in belief and the decisions that we have to make during those times and letting go of this identity of being a musical theater performer was so challenging and felt really heavy at the time. It really felt like a loss of, of self. And when I did make that transition for a long time, it was like, oh, well, I'm not a singer anymore. I don't perform anymore. And so I sort of lost a lot of those practices that I had developed along the way. And then I went into like health coaching and fitness coaching. And I was really loving the identity of being a fitness coach. And I had all these practices. And when I made the decision to transition out of that same thing, I kind of lost that sense of identity. And I had built these behaviors and wired them so integrally into my day-to-day -day in that business. And, and it was like, well, I'm just going to stop working out because I don't have to anymore. My body used to be my business. Now my business is something else. And I actually never learned how to build like fitness and, and health, just doing it for me and doing it as like an offering to myself. It was all about a means to an end of, I don't know if you had that as well. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy, right? I like, and I think, I don't know, because in, we were in the same network marketing industry and mm -hmm. I feel like because you're told you have to be the product of the product, mm -hmm. it kind of like gets into your psyche a little bit of just like, okay, well, I'm not doing the product anymore. So who am I, you know? And like, how does how does health like actually fit into my life without being like part of my brand or my message, you know? A hundred percent. It was just uh, you know, a little bit of a mind fuck of like, okay, who am I? What do I do? How do I show up for myself? And, you know, just really having to relearn a lot of the aspects of that identity that were no longer attached to that business. There was one specific moment with the network marketing company where I knew it was time to walk away. And I was sort of in this indecision for several months, really anchoring into the story of, oh, we put so much work into this. This is the thing you've been talking about. You've been telling everybody for so long, how much you love it. How could you walk away? You're going to be seen as like a failure or out of integrity or a fraud, or like I had all of the stories. And it's so interesting because I've worked with so many people who have left network marketing and they've echoed so many similar beliefs and sentiments. And I'm just like, yeah, I understand why you would feel that way. You're sort of indoctrinated into this, these belief systems in certain companies. And so kind of separating yourself and going off on your own is not really something that's super celebrated. <laughs> it's like, no, you don't leave this tribe. We're the best. And now you're not going to have community and now you're not gonna have this and that and whatever. So I remember it was December of 2015 and I 
was, you know, December 31st, 9.30 PM at night. And I was running late to a party, New Year's Eve party, because I had to just make that one more sale. And I remember my fiance calling me and asking me, you know, where are you at? How's it going? You almost got the last sale in. Cause it's like, I had to hit some arbitrary goal so that I could get an extra $600 on this cruise. Cause I had, had hit this like, you know, high level number all those many months. And it was a little point of pride that I wanted to just, you know, finish out the year strong. But I remember sitting there and thinking, this is really fucking stupid. <laughs> like, why am I doing this? Yeah. I had literally joined that company and decided to go all in with online business because a year and a half earlier on Easter, I was standing in my restaurant job going, this is insane. Like, why am I here? I I need to be with my family. I'm sacrificing these very special moments, these rare times where we all come together to serve other people's families. And I was constantly working holidays and it was like, oh my gosh, I've actually recreated this the same thing, but in my own business and I'm in control. Like I'm my own boss. Like, what am I doing? And I ended up making the sale, went to the party. But after that, that was sort of like the nail in the coffin for me of this is, this is not an alignment. And really when I had made the decision to step into online business, it came from the energy of I'm going to create my own thing, but I just didn't have an area of expertise that I felt solid in yet. And really wanted to kind of deepen in that before I went off and like started building courses and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so like, though, I feel like we always come into those really challenging moments whenever we're in a pivot where we, we go through like that cycle of change where we have that disappointment or frustration, and then it sort of gets agitated. And then we like hit our threshold of what we can tolerate. We have this window of opportunity where we're really just so annoyed. We're like, I'm done. I am done. And then you either talk yourself out of it or you sort of step through into the unknown. And I have gone through that cycle so many times and restarted it over and over and over and over again in different relationships and different, you know, situations. And thankfully over the years, I've gotten a little bit better (laughs) at, you know, picking up on that pattern and noticing when I'm in that cycle and and making decisions more quickly. Um, Yeah. And there's just been, there's just so many times where this has come up, but it's such a powerful thing to really learn how to build that muscle of making those decisions, even when they're uncomfortable and really trusting your intuition and knowing that that is guiding you to bigger and better things. Yes, of course. And I don't know for, I know like every time that I have pivoted, I have done my absolute best to not define it as like a failure. You know what I mean? Just I, or, or even if it is a failure, it's like a fail forward sort of thing where yes, I put a lot of time and energy into this direction, but I've learned from it and I can take something that I've learned from doing the MLM coaching, you know, maybe I learned how to do like batch content for social media or or something. It helps me strengthen my, not only my um, ability to continue pivoting, but also just knowing that like, okay, you know, this wasn't quite it. Maybe let's try something else now. And I wonder, I'm wondering how for you, you've found your way with the CEO psyche. Like how, how did that pivot lead you to where you are? So I think I've always had this deep desire to speak to more of the psyche and the psychology aspects and like getting into psychedelics and, you know, just all, all things psyche that change in 
brand name and podcast name took like two years to download like in my, into my brain, I knew. So originally it was entrepreneur. Now <laughs> that was 2017, like hilarious to even think about. Cause like, what does that even mean? Um, <laughs> but at the time I was working with a lot of health coaching clients, I was doing business coaching and, and marketing coaching and the people that I were working with, they were like, Oh, we love your live videos, but we're at the gym. That's where we consume our personal development. And we would prefer to have it via audio. Is there another way that we can listen to this? So it's easier to download. So that was literally why I started my podcast January, 2017, just as a way to make the content I was already creating more accessible. And I was just stripping the audios from live videos and throwing them up there. There was no real launch strategy or rhyme or reason. And then as I started going, I was like, Oh wait, this is like a real thing. I should probably like bring on some guests. Oh crap. Uh, how do I interview somebody? Who do I interview? How do you pitch them? Like all those things. And eventually ended up changing the name to the social media to sales podcast, which was great. Uh, very searchable, you know, did really well was a top marketing podcast and still is. But I remember one day going and searching for my podcast on iTunes to just like grab a link for something. And I typed in social media and the, all the other podcasts that came up were, as I went through their episodes, it was all like how to get blah, blah, blah on Instagram, how to do this, how to do that. Mine was all like, you know, talking about imposter syndrome and failing forward and like all of the more like psychology driven things that had nothing to do with social media. So I felt like that was kind of a little bit of a bait and switch. And then I was like forcing it, trying to bring more social media and sales-based topics so that it would make sense given that the name was called that. And then I ended up switching over to inner boss, which was closer, but I never really resonated with that. And then one day I think I was doing breath work and I, I just saw the word psyche and I went, holy shit, that's it. Meanwhile, I had spent, you know, every like three weeks, I would be like in the thesaurus going through, trying to come up with words, my little word bank. <laughs> and this is like years in the making. I'm like, geez, when is this going to come through? I know it's not it. There has to be a word. And it was like psyche. And then, you know, it's kind of, you can't really trademark the word psyche. So I had to put something in front of it. And then I was like, hmm, CEO. Yeah, I think that works actually. Um, so now it's CEO psyche and it just feels so much more in alignment with the direction that I'm going in now, which is really like, I used to be like marketing and business and social media. And then it was sort of like really leading into coaching topics and really more of the strategy of that. And now it's even evolved further into more of like speaking to spirituality and spiritual awakenings and energy gifts and like all of this kind of stuff. So yeah, just, it's, it's interesting because I, I am very strategic. So there has been a bit of a challenge in reckoning, wait a minute, my programs have nothing to do with like, uh, uh, in the, there's always like spiritual stuff and hypnosis and things sprinkled in, but the actual offers that I have had, had, have had nothing to do with spirituality, but all my podcast content was all the stuff I actually wanted to talk about. So like there needed to be like a moment of reckoning, like, Hey, this doesn't actually make sense. And your podcast is great, but it is not functioning as a strong front of funnel for any of the things you're actually selling. So like you either need to get on board with, you know, changing some things on the podcast and going back to making those things connect or you need to make some new offers. So that's kind of what we're in the process of transitioning into now, but it is clunky and it's not always, it's, I, I have yet to find a moment of pivoting where it felt super easy and seamless. Like the divine messages have come through and those have been crystal clear, but man, have I, have, I've ignored them. 
and been like, no, that's too much work. I don't want to do that now. And then it just keeps coming up. So, well, first of all, I have to give a shout out to breath work because I've been getting into it recently. First time I did it, I swear I saw angels. I like, like completely out of body experience, but also I just, you know, I think there's something important about the psyche of sales because if, if you don't know what's happening between your ears, you're getting in your own way. And I've done that so many times. So I think that even if you're still defining exactly what it looks like, you at least you feel in alignment with the message that you're trying to send. So I think that's the most important thing. Absolutely. Yeah. We say the tagline of the show is breakthroughs in your business brain and bank account. So there is still that business element to it because you're right. Like I do love talking about sales and really I do work with entrepreneurs around all of the things that come up, whether it be, Hey, I had this person that I had a sales call with. It was really uncomfortable. They seem to have a lot of resistance, but they seem really ready. Like how do I navigate that conversation with them and follow up with them so that I'm not forcing them into buying something and making them uncomfortable while also not buying into their money beliefs. And, you know, just kind of finding like all of these little nooks and crannies and nuances of human emotion and, you know, just really case by case basis and and really looking at the dynamics of team communication and sales and just, yeah, all of it. With me, I have done coaching. I've done virtual assistant I've done all of these things and what I tried to do was capitalize on the things that I already knew how to do and how can I like be successful as soon as possible, right? And so now I'm pivoting with Big Sister Body Talks and I realize I don't know everything and I have to slow down and take my time and yes, I have to put the message out there and I have to start to get the ball rolling, but at the same time, I need to like give myself the space and time to really become the quote unquote expert of this mission that I want to be leading. And so I wonder if you've ever had like a a situation like that, where it's like, I want to pivot, but I don't feel like I'm a hundred percent an expert yet. And like, how did you work through that? That's such a good question. And it's so funny because I've recently been like rebuilding one of my old programs, pitch to your ditch to like, and, and that was literally something I was writing out in the like expertise piece just this, like one of the big objections or concerns that comes up is, okay, I know what I want to do, but I'm not really fully qualified. Wouldn't be, be, you know, ethical or in integrity. And it wouldn't be, you know, ecological for me to step in and be teaching that yet, but this is what I want to talk about. But these are the other things that I have expertise in. And I feel like I've been through that so many times. Like that was why I leaned into network marketing instead of jumping into course creation and like took a year and a half to really understand business and coaching and was working with people on my team and extended team, like taking calls with anybody and helping them get results. And so it's like, I built up that confidence in my ability to, you know, help people create transformation. So then when it did come time to kind of step away from that and really go all in with my own thing, unlike many other people who were like, I just decided I'm a coach today. Like I already had years of experience under my belt. And so it made it a little bit easier, but it was also like frustrating because it's like you know what you want to create and there's that you know that and then this happened again uh like in 2017 I remember going to my first Tony Robbins event and really getting to see like the whole world of NLP on a like at the highest level of of refinement and at the time I was running business programs with a another girl and 
I was getting frustrated with the way in which the container was being held. And I was seeing, you know, we were teaching business strategy, marketing strategy. And this is something that I've talked about before, but it's like, when you're in group programs, you might see a spread of people. So there's like the rock stars, the people that take whatever you tell them and they go and they crush it and they're, you know, done. And then everyone in the group is like, secretly messaging them, like, how'd you actually do it? They're like, I followed the program. And then there's like the underdogs who everybody can see all of their potential, their brilliance. Oh my God, you're so great on video. Oh my God, your content resonates, but they just don't believe in themselves. Then you have like the lurkers, <laughs> like hand raised, yeah. The lurkers <laughs> who are like kind of there, not really commenting. They're not really super into community, but they're just kind of like reading the posts, maybe doing the work, maybe not. Uh, the cheerleaders who are not really implementing and executing, but they're like those community hype people. And like some of those people are not meant to be entrepreneurs or they're not meant to be building it in the way that maybe they're seeing other people do it. And like, they have certain strengths that are not necessarily being like amplified or they're not being said like, Hey, you're a great cheerleader. Here's how you should be building. Like you should have a membership so that you could be, you know, or like whatever the, whatever the business model is. So anyway, I was seeing this spread of all these different personality types, all these different skill sets, And I was personally frustrated and felt out of integrity with not really being able to teach in a way that was inclusive enough that would engage all of these different learning styles, personality types, et cetera. And so, and we also really weren't speaking and coaching around limiting beliefs and like what was like really coming up. And those were things that I was really passionate about, but it didn't quite fit into how we were teaching at the time. And I remember coming home from Tony Robbins and doing one of my first podcast interviews with uh, an old friend, Ryan Yukome. And he's like, so Jen, like, what's new for you? Like, what's up? What do you want to talk about? What's coming up for you? And I said, dude, I have no idea what to talk about because I feel like everything has just shifted. He's like, what do you mean? I said, I can compare it to a story that I heard about Tiger Woods. I don't know anything about golf, but apparently he was at the top of his game and winning all these championships. And he actually removed himself from the the game of golf so that he could go and work on his swing and adjust it like barely even 1%, like 10%, just adjust the way that he was doing his swing, even though he was already at the top of his game. And I was, you know, not to be like, I was the Tiger Woods of coaching because I was definitely not, but (laughs) (laughs) that was, I was able to like understand it for myself that I just had this desire to have that level of mastery and refinement. So I kind of was like, okay, I'm going to obviously keep running this program to the best of my ability, but like I have work to do. I, I have things that I need to study so that I can really show up in the way that I desire to and make sure that, you know, yes, in the online space, especially that time, it was sort of like the expectation that people would buy a $3,000 program and not really finish it. And I know that that's still the case today, you know, whatever. But I was like, I'm not cool with that. Like not in my programs, not in my house. Like that's not how I want to show up. Like obviously can't control how every single person interacts with what I give them, lead a horse to water, can't make them drink and all that. But I was like, I want to do everything in my power to be able to create and cultivate programs and, and educational resources that actually support people at the highest level. So you know, that was a little bit of a dance and a struggle. Cause it's like, I knew what I wanted the outcome to me, but I didn't quite have the skill set, and, and I didn't even know what words to look up. Like, I didn't know what instructional design was. Like, I had no idea. You know, I didn't, I didn't go to school for education. I went to school for psychology. So that wasn't my area of longer term study. So that was something that I really had to deepen and dive into. And yeah, that's, it's, and it's still to this day, not really something that's addressed or really taught in different online coaching programs. They're just like, here's how to record a video. Here's how to upload it here. You know, it's more like the how to and, and structure of how to run one, but not like how to build curriculum and how to support personality types and all of those things. 
Sure. So then I guess my question based off of this is how, like, let's say you're in my shoes and you know you have more learning to do. How do you stay ahead of turning that into a limiting belief? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So years ago, I had read a book by Brennan Burchard where he talks about like becoming an expert. And he said, there's three types of experts. There's the uh, research expert, the results expert, and the role model expert. And the role model was sort of like a combination. Like once you've you know, positioned yourself, it's more like kind of like what an influencer is today. Like people look up to that person and they'll be like, you know, what should I do with my marriage, even though that's not their area of expertise. And like the results expert, somebody who's studied and, and, you know, knows what they're doing, but the research expert is actually interesting because you look at somebody who's brand new to the space, they know what they want to create, but they're not quite there yet. What I would say, if I was like starting over today and I had no expertise is I would start a podcast and I would invite on every single expert in this field or related fields and create a community where I could highlight them while learning from them and basically build an audience of people who were interested in that topic to like buy myself a little bit of time or simultaneously, if you're like, okay, well, that's not necessarily going to bring in money, you know, kind of what you did where you were, you were like, okay, I'm going to, I have this skill set as a VA. I have these skill sets, you know, in these other areas. And I, same thing. It was like, okay, I have these skills or even when you're starting out, like, all right, I'm gonna do one-on-one. I don't want to do one-on-one forever, but that's what's going to bring in cash flow and like businesses need cash flow so that you can, you know, hire or run ads or just, you know, have income. <laughs> so, you know, just kind of the basic thing. So it's like, all right, maybe this isn't your forever, but like really when I'm working with clients, they'll like, I had one client, for example, say to me, I, I, I want to make 35 K. And I said, okay, by when? And that one question was so essential. Cause I'm like, if you say you want to add 35 K by the end of the year, we can come up with a whole strategy that's going to be more hands-off for you. That's going to be more like passive generated revenue, or, you know, maybe it's something that you want a smaller ticket program to lead into a bigger ticket program. I'm like, we have a lot of options of what we could play around with based on the goal. But she was like, no, I want it in 30 days. It's like, all right, well, if we're doing it in 30 days, we might have a different strategy based on what her business, how it was set up. And so it ended up being like one or two, like really high ticket clients that she was able to add and like bring in that revenue very quickly. Like that's not necessarily recurring. That's something that's going to be a lot of her time, but that was, that was the needs that needed to pay taxes. So it was like, okay, well, if this is an urgent cash flow demand and you're like, however it comes in is fine. As long as it comes in, then we're going to approach that conversation differently. So I think when you're starting your business, you've got to look at where you're at and what the actual needs are as well as like, what are the urgent, like right now, short-term needs. And then what are the long-term sort of goals and outcomes of what you want to create? And then sort of figure out what are the priority priorities within that. I love that. And I know you know, I've done all of these different things or I've tried to do all of these different things. And I found that I wasn't, um, it was more so ego-based in the sense of what am I really good at? How can I make a lot of money? And I realized like when I, when I got rid of that and when I started doing the healing work of like, who matters the most to me, what is really important to me? I realized that like, like big sister body talks is, the first thing that I'm doing that is for a greater purpose. It's like, mm. it's not necessarily just for me to pay my bills right away, which is like an absolutely great motivator. But for me, like I had been caught up in this wheel of, 
you know, I need to pay off debt. I want to, you know, have all these money goals, all these money goals and bring it all in, bring it all in, which is great. But I didn't feel attached to anything that I was doing. Like emotionally, I did not feel like, and maybe that's why I kept pivoting so much is because I was trying to find what felt good to me. And this finally feels good to me. So I'm happy about that. But I want, I wonder if you've experienced that too, or if you've (laughs) seen any of your clients go through that. Totally. And I think like what you're saying of, of just sort of like this trial and error, it's funny because I was talking to a client earlier about human design, which I am so not an expert in, but I am a three, five projector. And she said threes, their whole, like, if you're a three, it's all about trial and error. And I was like, Oh, I didn't know that. So she's like, yeah, you figure out by just like testing things out and playing around with things. So I feel like in learning very, I mean, I know very little about human design, but the more I learn about it, the more I'm like, Oh, this is really interesting. The way that different people make decisions and some people can make it in the moment and intuitively know exactly what it is. Other people need to sleep on it. Other people need, I think reflectors need a full, (laughs) full moon cycle. I had a reflector as my integrator for a while, which, you know, he just reflected everything that I said back to him. Um, Just a true mirror, but he was like, oh no, I need a full moon cycle. (laughs) This is terrible (laughs) to make a decision. (laughs) So it's like, you know, just really honoring whatever, whatever your process is. And, you know, for me, yeah, I guess it has really been like a lot of trial and error and pivoting. And there have been times where I've landed and been like, this is the thing. So it wasn't that I was like always floating in the ocean aimlessly. It was like, oh, I found my thing. And then the deeper I went into that, I personally grew and expanded and the the vision expanded and the mission expanded. And then from there, it was like, oh, there's so much more. Wait, I want to, I want to expand into this. And and I feel like that's just been the evolution of, of everything that I've had, which is why I'm like, I think I need to just make a membership so that it can evolve with me instead of having set programs. <laughs> And just really let it, you know, kind of how the podcast has evolved alongside me. Yeah. And that's like a nice little segue. What do you have coming up? Like, what can we support you with? Tell the people, like, how can they work with you? Tell the people. So right now, (laughs) you know, so I have some like smaller offers around like content creation, content repurposing. We are revamping our uh, old signature program, Pitch to Your Niche, and really just giving it that uh, once over refining that, and that's going to be available again soon. And then we are launching the CEO Psyche membership, which I'm super excited about and just really want to use that as a space to just highlight the community. I feel like there's so many brilliant coaches and healers and so many gifted people who have spent all of their time sort of behind the scenes studying their area their artistry, their mastery. And they're like, yeah, but how do I get in front of people? Like how I'm not a marketer. And I just feel like there's such an opening for like, and it's such a need for elevation of other voices in, in kind of the spiritual spaces. So I really want it to be a very community driven sort of vibe. I'm like, this is not about me. It's like, I don't need to be in the spotlight. I'm over it. (laughs) Like, I don't need, (laughs) I just want to, I just want to like talk to other people and elevate other people. So yeah, we're going to have some really cool stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. So if anybody out there is listening and they are either in the middle of a pivot or they're thinking about pivoting, do you have any like affirmations for them or or maybe a piece of advice that they could take with them today? Hmm. If you're in the middle of a pivot and you're second guessing yourself, my best piece of advice would be to not ask other people what you should do. Mm. 
That is you cannot, <laughs> yeah, you cannot outsource this decision to someone else. Um, I remember when I was potentially transitioning out of uh, network marketing, and I, I don't know if you know Jen Sincero, the author of You Are a Badass. Yes. Most people know who she is. So I joined a group coaching program with her with like my last dollars. And I, you know, was that person that signed up at like 1159 PM. I did that too. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I was so excited because she did Q&A calls every other week. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to get to speak to her. This is incredible. And I got on and I asked my question. I said, should I leave or should I stay in my, ne- in my network marketing company? And she would, <laughs> thankfully was like, I can't make that decision for you. And that was it. Like gave me nothing else. And I was sad, but like I understood. And I was like, I get it. She couldn't make the decision for me, but you know, I, I kept asking other people, what do you think? What should I do? And even when my clients come to me, I'm like, you know exactly what to do. So let's not talk about what the decision is. Cause we already know what the decision is. Let's talk about what's preventing you from actually doing it. <laughs> like, yes. like what is really under there? Is it fear? Is it, you know, I don't want to be rejected. I don't want to be judged. Is it, you know, uncertainty? Is it, you know, scarcity of like, what if I don't make the money? Like what is actually underneath it? Cause if we can actually look at what's causing you to have the resistance and the indecision, that's where you can really get to something. And this whole, like, just jump, just rip the bandaid off. Like I, I understand where that advice comes from. And sometimes people do need to be like pushed off the ledge a little bit, but I'm more a fan of people making decisions from alignment and psychological safety, as opposed to come on, I haven't made this decision yet and, and rushing themselves through the decision-making process. Cause then people are, you know, that kind of creates a lot of other energetic misalignment. Yeah. I love that. I'm so glad that you were able to hop on and chat with Aww. me. It's so good to Same. talk to you. And I just, you, you're just always like such a voice of wisdom. Like even Aww. I've been following, <laughs> yeah, like honestly, you. Though, like I've been following you for so long now and I, we've had a friendship and you supported each other from afar. And it's just so awesome to see like how you just keep up leveling and you keep like refining your expertise. And I I just appreciate your journey so much. I freaking love you. (laughs) You're amazing. (laughs) So if other people are now in love with you too, where can they find you? Where do you hang out the most? Uh, You can find me everywhere at Hey Jen Casey. Pretty much Instagram is my main hub. Um, And then also the podcast CEO Psyche. And that is our episode. I hope you will start tuning into Jen's content because she is just so knowledgeable and just so um, down to earth and approachable in the way that she breaks down some really complex things sometimes. So as far as my situation, I kind of hinted about it in the episode that you just listened to, but I will be starting a brand new podcast. It's called Big Sister Body Talks. And I decided to completely start over because I loved this show and I still love this show and if you give me feedback if you jump into my dms on instagram or send me an email that says hey I really do love turning pain into power and I'd love to you know even if you were to do an episode once every couple months like that that would be amazing um let me give please let me know that feedback because I honestly haven't received a lot of feedback about this show and I think that's why I haven't really pursued it. I originally started this show 
to fulfill a selfish need to be creative. Um, I did want to be able to empower people and to share stories of overcoming adversity because those are the stories that I love. And I know it's the stories that can help us get through our difficult times. But it wasn't always, I, I didn't always feel like it was my purpose to be speaking about. And also now, if you go onto Google or iTunes or wherever and you type in Turning Pain into Power podcast, you will get like three or four different shows. <laughs> and so I'm, you know, there are people that are doing the exact same thing as I am, literally the exact same thing with the exact same show title. So I'm starting Big Sister Body Talks because I just feel like the mission is so important and... I'm not exactly sure how I can best serve the mission at this point, but I just need to be able to be a resource for adolescents who are struggling with their body image. I need to create a platform that addresses these issues and talks about these issues and finds solutions for these issues. So that's what I'm up to next. The show will be dropping its very first episode on May 12th, and I am so excited for you to be able to tune into it. It would mean the world to me if you do. And I thought I would end this episode by sharing the theme song in full because I think it's a beautiful little tune and it makes me happy and inspires me to hear it. And and that's kind of a nice way to close the chapter on this podcast and to refocus my energy over to that show. So again, I'm happy to keep putting out episodes every once in a while on this podcast but my heart has to go where I'm being called and that is to Big Sister Body Talks so I hope you enjoy the theme song thank you so much for your support and your love and right back at you might say always remember being who you are is okay you are lovable always stay true to yourself beauty is not physical let's be more than pretty you are never alone imperfection is not a fatality don't be too harsh to yourself Remember you are more than enough You are worthy, you're beautiful the way you are Leaning on one another There is strength in unity Show them your authenticity Don't be afraid to dream I say don't be afraid to dream And there's nothing wrong with your body We're all human, being different can be a good thing You have so much to offer, just believe Your beauty is not defined by society You are never alone Imperfection is not a fatality Don't be too harsh to yourself Remember you are more than enough 
afraid to dream. I say, don't be afraid to dream. We can be confident. We're strong. We never give up. That's sisterhood is about big sister body talks. Remember you are more than enough. You are worthy. You're beautiful the way you are. Leaning on one another. There is strength in unity. Show them your authenticity. Don't be afraid to dream. I say, don't be afraid to dream. Don't be 